Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, Radio Hotler. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry about the uh, um, technical goodies. Radio Hotler. Hot, 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 hot. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. G'day viewers and welcome to Radio Hot Lap episode 183 coming to you this afternoon from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Media Centre here, ironically, in Indianapolis. And with me today, my co-host, Tamara. Tamara Waringa. Tamara, previously me Lewis. Yes, correct. Tamara and I uh, spend a a very enjoyable Le Mans 24 hour together in 2007 and uh, I'm glad you've been able to, to come along and, and I've managed to make all my way across the other side of the country to do this to your second hometown sometimes you're in Texas sometimes you're here sometimes you're in Colorado what's going on Tamara? Well, you know, it's the life of a poverty jet setter, is all I can say. And I'm so glad that we could deliver such wonderful, exciting weather for you leading up to the 100 centennial in, uh, Indianapolis 500. Well, look, we've you know been used to really uh, ordinary weather down in the southern hemisphere with uh, um, earthquakes in Christchurch and tornadoes, well, not tornadoes, because cyclones in, in Queensland and floods because some idiot didn't let the... Let the, the, the cat out of the bag at the dam in Brisbane, you know, and of course now oh, we're, all, we're all paying for it, the $8 billion levy that the whole country's uh, received. Um, so, yeah, to hear a tornado warning the other night at a photographer's the LAT party, it was, I thought it was pretty interesting. <laughs> a tornado warning, thunder, lightning, rain, it was, it was, uh, and John was, of course, running in the house every two seconds, cowering in the corner, wondering <laughs> Actually, I was only cowering when I had to deal with the AT&T technician who came oh, in yeah. to put your internet connection in. I mean, oh, incoming. You're on the air. Excuse me, viewers. It's International Paul Ryan. Will you be joining us on the show? <laughs> we'll look forward to it, Paulie. See ya. Uh, International Paulie will be up shortly, director of Highcroft uh, uh, Racing, for, for working for Duncan Dayton. That uh, apparently a new announcement is coming up in the next few days. They've found some budget or a project to do. I just want to say anything, he's very, very secretive. Took me to St. Elmo's yesterday for lunch. It is a landmark here in Indianapolis, and you have to try the shrimp cocktail with the the intense, very intense horseradish. No, I was clued up about that, so I did actually ask for a bit of a downgrade on the horseradish, and they were a bit chunky, and it was very old-school, dark, woody, bow-tie sort of stuff. But yes, a great experience. Well, if I'd been with you, I, I wouldn't have warned you, and I would have told you to take a big sniff, <laughs> which, which I've seen people do, pass out promptly. Tamara, what are you having to drink this afternoon? Uh, I'll ha I well, have. look, I'll tell you what I'm having. I, okay. I, I've been having. I don't know. It's just. It seems to be that I've tried to keep myself together for the event, um, yes. but you know, there's been so much, you know, fun times and frivolity in the evening, and certainly from your friends that have come out from Colorado for the, the Coors Brewery, that um, 
I had to have a, a, a vodka Red Bull. And uh, it actually worked a treat. It, I saw you perk up. <laughs> I do have photos of you catching flies. <laughs> You're scaring me. What about you? What are you having? Well, I was going to have a, a, Coors, a Coors Light and then a Cure Royale and, and try those uh, wonderful margaritas they were making in the suite. And you can't do that for too long because you get here at 6 in the morning or 7 in the morning, drive in with the police escort, which is hilarious. You, you feel like you're King Farouk well, driving in with the that police that was pretty escort. amazing, viewers. Like, you know, the, the, the roads are a chocker. You can't get into the place, to the uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway here. It's actually, the whole place is actually its own, almost like its own suburb called Speedway. Yes. And uh, it's, we, it's, it's we, its own climate. You, you know, you've paid off some drug deal or something like that to get all the police involved <laughs> to, like, get us through. And it, it was, well, there's some video viewers. So um, it, uh, it's pretty amazing. We've it's got part ten, of the show. It's part minutes. of the whole package. Oh yeah, I, it's very impressive. But for my first time to come here to uh, the Speedway, I thought, well, you know, it, it's been a, it's been a, a bit of an eye opener day. But leading up to the event has been a bit of an eye opener as well. I mean, you mentioned a moment ago uh, martinis. Well, we went out the other night to uh, Rick's Cafe Boathouse and you know the, <laughs> one of the guys, Mike Brudnell was, was unhappy about uh, you know the, the waitress and he wasn't happy about anything including the go-karts we'd ridden that afternoon um, <laughs> and uh, he went to tune the waitress up you know and, uh, and I came back and said how are you going with it and after going to the bathroom he goes the place is on fire anyway <laughs> Mike ran Sodom and Gomorrah style didn't look back and burnt to the ground you know? did it really burn to the ground? didn't didn't, didn't pay for dinner at all. You, you, you had a bit of a dash, nothing, nothing a dine left. and dash? <laughs> it was a dine and dash. We had the world's worst oysters and a bottle of red, which was a pretty ordinary, and some back chat. So I thought, hang on, I'm not paying for that. But, uh, you know, there was there, amongst it, was the uh, um, uh, uh, martini menu that we never got to try. So well, that's a real shame. The fact that they're making such great martinis up in the... Um, in, uh, Sweet 31, just past, pretty much in front of the, the pit, pit entry uh, here at uh, IMS. Good spot. Yeah, very good spot. You can see everything. In fact, John, the last uh, few few seconds of the race, right in front of us. It was incredible. It was kind of, you know, uh, very, uh, things were going as planned right up until the last uh, last few seconds of the race. <laughs> Tell us about the race in, 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 from your perspective, because we probably will see it differently. But I was I was drinking martinis. I, I don't know <laughs> if I can reiterate what I saw, but <laughs> you were look. Yeah, you know, it was. It was. I suppose I was. I wouldn't say underwhelmed, but you know, there's so much. It's all about people and people watching, like you say, and, and just the, 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 the celebrities and the, and the volume of yeah, yeah. Patrick Dempsey was was up there, you know, like we ran into Patrick before racing you know, G, Mazda GTs and Grand Am and doing some Le Mans stuff. So yeah. to me, he was just another guy doing car racing. He was there. And, and some um, of the old race car drivers coming in, some of the the guys who who are just fixtures around here, Johnny Parsons and. Yep, that, absolutely. A guy who uh, who started in uh, in 1974 had the best result, fifth place, and uh, only finished up about uh, only about less than 10 years ago. But uh, ironically, had actually raced at uh, at Rowley Park in Adelaide in, in speedway cars. I mean, this is a tiny little spot in the middle of nowhere. So that, that that's pretty funny. I thought he, he was a very it. personable kind of guy. Yeah. 
knows what he's talking about. It was great sitting next to him getting his commentary throughout the race. Sitting in the suite, watching the TV and the air conditioning. <laughs> That's how you watch a race at the Speedway. <laughs> the race today, amazingly won by uh, by a British Dan Weldon, second time round. He's a little bit of an Austin Powers sort of a job, but that's okay. Um, but you didn't think he was going to win it, no? Because right up until the end, it was uh, it's the guy driving the uh, National Guard Guard oh. National Guard uh, car. Was it Frank Keady? No, no, it was no. Uh, Hinchcliffe. Oh yeah. No, it wasn't. Jake Hildebrand. Hildebrand. Let's see. Know the information. But he's crashed it on the very last corner of the last lap and just and he's basically slid down across the finish line. Yet Dan Weldon had enough pace to just get past him. I mean it was yeah. it was absolutely the most amazing thing I think I've ever seen in a motorsport. So that was that was really cool. And what was even cooler was it was a, a brand new IR, uh, indie car team. Can't say IRL anymore because no. after the and angriness. you might be referring to the Irish Republican Liberation Army that, or something like right. that. Yeah, you don't yeah, want to yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was never a good name in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was uh, one of a, a car run by um, by Brian Herter himself, a, an ex indie car driver who had won at Laguna Seca. But, but more and his business partner Steve Newey. There you go. Who used to work for Penske, engineered for Penske. Good old B-Love, as we called yeah. him. That's his number plates on his car. Yeah. And uh, we worked with him at that panel. It was back in 2002 where he, uh, he ran the Stars and Stripes car with, with, with David Brabham and and uh, Max Pappas and Ollie Beretta and a bunch of guys and Jan Magnussen. It was pretty fun stuff. So I think it's really cool, but I, I can't help thinking that it would have been great for the country to have the National Guard car win because it, it's actually pretty cool paintwork. Because it is Memorial Day weekend here in the in the U.S. in the States, as you say. <laughs> in the States. What do you mean? <laughs> it's Memorial Day weekend. We had all the U.S. military out here in the States and it's it's interesting it's it's also interesting that they have a non well you know it's interesting that uh, he, he was he was almost there almost there it would have been great but what is memorial day it, it it honors all of the members of the military the u.s military and the fallen military people who have uh, served and, and died in in battle died in combat well, so it's a big holiday. So tomorrow is, an, is, a, is a public holiday? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I just thought, yeah, it was pretty interesting. You know, to get down there uh, on the grid and, and, and you know, there's so much public there and the engines are fired up. Like, you wouldn't get that in Formula One. You wouldn't get them, like, firing up. No. Firing up engines with people running around, that, right. that would be completely off. Um, thought that was, that, was, that was pretty cool. Like, just like it's the, very accessible. The, it was raw. Yes, but uh, but you actually believe that this is actually pretty pretty restrained now from the lawless days. You tell me it about is. Well, th they were back in the snake pit days, and th there were th those were the days when you know you'd have the Hell's Angels ride up on their motorcycles in in the uh, in the first turn, first and second turn, and it, it just was it was a little bit different. As as with everything, things have to change. But it used to be quite the quite the free for all. As some of some of the photos that I took in my fellow photographers back in the day can attest to, you know, it's, uh, I don't think they, I, I think they're, a picture is worth a thousand words, and they're indescribable unless you see them, but it was, uh, I don't, it, it was, it was just, it was, it truly was, that's where Indy got the moniker, the greatest spectacle in racing, because it's not only about the racing, 
and the cars, which are incredible. And you know, people would 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 watch these cars, and they would pick out the car they're going to buy for their family based on what they saw at the Indy 500 back in the day. There was truly a real connection there with that. Not so much anymore. It's more about technology, but there still is a connection with that. And you know, people—it's just—it's a tradition here. People come here for 30, 40 years, and hook up with their friends they haven't seen in decades. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's clear that there's some very die-hard fans here. And I haven't—you know—I thought that the, all the crowds were extremely well behaved. It's nothing like what you get in Australia. They're, they're much more more yabos. What, what's a yabo? Yeah, redneck. Oh. <laughs> but and, but then we have to manage that. We don't let people. Bring eskies of beer into a, a race, which would be typically V8 supercars or something like that. Or, yeah. or certainly not, uh, certainly not uh, Formula One. And in fact, no. I, I think it's it's a lot it's a lot more inaccessible. This is definitely still raw, um, and and yeah, you, you can get amongst it, and people are really really friendly. And you know, there was a guy talking to one of the engineers on one of the race cars this morning, and, and the guy said, "Hey, where's that accent from?" He goes, "I'm Belgium." You came all the way from Belgium for this year? Yeah, yeah, I've gone. <laughs> I came further. And uh, I can't believe people would come from the other side of the world for just this event. Yeah. And um, sure, it's, you know, if you're going to come to it, you might as well come to the 100th anniversary. Oh, yeah. Even though it's not actually the 100th race. But you weren't at the concert on, on Carb Day, so you didn't see the, the drunk masses. I mean, you're, you're comparing the Yabos, the Rednecks, and, and I, don't know if you, I don't know if you quite got, got down and dirty with the with the people uh, who who do that sort of thing, I think you've been in your uh, your sweet tower, your ivory sweet oh, tower, I don't and look, uh, you know, you're looking at things from afar. I don't know if you got down there with the the in the in the muck. They had uh, two or three feet of water and mud to get to the porta potties. What do you call them in Australia? Oh, uh, porta loos. Porta loos, and and uh, you know you had to walk through a foot of mud and muck to get into the port. And girls were taking off their shoes because they didn't want to get their shoes dirty. And, and you know they're walking into these porta potties barefoot, and then coming back out. I don't know what they did with their shoes. It just. Uh, some of some of our guests here said they have never seen so many people so so drunk and having so much fun and watching a band. These are hard rock bands, but still, still, no, they're still responsible enough to oh, like, yeah. not not hassle people. Whereas I think no. in Australia we tend to get people that do they, they hassle and, and annoy other people. Yeah, I, I, I'm getting visions of Jamal trying to get out of the uh, locked toilet at the beginning of Slumdog Millionaire. Right, I don't want it to get that bad, so I hope it's not like that. I, I re I've really enjoyed the I've enjoyed the week, and it's not over yet because there's, there's plenty more things. Yeah, things. Indianapolis is not just a one-day race. People oh, no. have to understand it, it's a it's two what well, it used to be a whole month, but now it's a couple of weeks. But but at the very end, you've got Friday, you've got Carb Day, you have the pit stop competitions, you have you have uh, concerts going on, you have parties, you have uh, balls, the snake pit ball, which is the sanitized version of you get all dressed up and go downtown and go to a nice party. You know, it, it's it's really an event that is not just a not just a one day event. And they, they were probably three hundred thousand people here today at this one event. And as we look out now, what is it like? Maybe one hour after the start, finish the yeah. race. I mean, it is absolutely the media center is busy, but there's just there's just no one out there at yeah. all. Like so, it, it, it's quite bizarre indeed. They're all sitting at gridlock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Do we get a 
police escort out? No, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. You get a police escort in, but you don't get one out. You're on your own. <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, like, there's some changes in formats this year, um, as I understand, to the, to the month of May, which perhaps with uh, the four women now involved should be called the period of May. <laughs> so in order to just sort of, you well, know, Well, you know, one of the driver's meetings, one, one guy spoke up and said, hey, you know, you're kind of breaking some rules here because there were two girls in the race. They had Daniker, you say Daniker, and, and Sarah. And oh, you're, I thought that, it was Milka. You're not allowed to run four abreast. So. <laughs> <laughs> did they take that in the right spirit? Yeah, they so. did. So. But the girls are, uh, the, the women here, they're they're very much part of the whole the whole scene. And I would say Danica is probably one of the most popular drivers. And, and she's cute. She's a hottie. And, you know, she draws in more people and younger people. And a, and a whole other, uh, you know, you get more women and more girls involved. Without, and it's good for the doubt. sport. Yeah, yeah. It's really good for the sport. No, it, 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 it definitely is good for the sport. Now you've moved to a five-day practicing period. But the weather, probably the worst weather we've had it's, here in, uh, it was in Indiana for years. It was horrible. <laughs> Absolutely horrible. Can't get any good coffee. <laughs> I need my coffee in the morning for sure. <laughs> and uh, so that uh, two and a half days of that uh, occurred, and then there was a qualifying weekend, and uh, uh, Alex Tagliani, who'd, uh, who's raced several Connect. times down in. Uh, um, uh, uh, Indy, well, and our what we call our Indy, even though it's not Indy, which was a kart racing program yeah. uh, in Surfers Paradise, it's, which uh, doubled up with the V8 Supercars, who went and stole our Miss Australia uh, to become Bronte, what, Bronte, Bronte Tagliani. Yeah, but his wife was Miss oh. Australia. Well, happy about that, exporting yeah. our quality products. There you but go. Nonetheless, he's, he's um, okay, and actually then worked with, with, with Paul Ryan in the Team Australia program that was okay. funded by, um, I think, uh, Kevin Calcifer, I don't know. Yeah. Because there was money, yeah, you know, what it's like up there. Oh, yeah. Talk about the weirdness of money. No. But um, the, uh, the Friday, Carb Day, is sort of, it's a bit in, uh, inappropriately named, isn't it? Because everything's fuel injected. Oh, yeah. And so it's probably more of a carbohydrate day. <laughs> it totally is. I suppose it's just a, another opportunity for cars this, to run around. This year, the bands, fun. I can't remember, the Stained and and Papa Roach were the bands. That, I don't know who they are, but I get the, I have the suspicion that they're heavy metal. Did, <laughs> but they sounded okay, or, you know, you, I, were, you yeah, were slurping I think so. down those cocktails you didn't notice? I wasn't there. Well, but my husband was there. <laughs> now, now, that's an interesting thing, because last time we met, you unhusbanded. Yeah, and, uh, I, was. And, and I was in between husbands. That's right, you were. <laughs> and, um, this time you've actually uh, you, you, you've picked a good one because he, yeah. uh, he's, a, he's a great guy, Tom Waringer, who yeah. has uh, competed here at the uh, Indy 500 in 2006, 7 and 8. And I went to the archives, thanks for telling me about that, at the, uh, at the IMS uh, museum yesterday up to second floor and did a bit of digging around. And I came up with a, a very interesting photo of the pair of you. And, and as you said, you know, like, you know, you're a big deal. Used to be. <laughs> Not anymore. Well, the photo, should, the photo we, doesn't lie. It's I can just borrow that line from Ron Burgundy. I used to, we used to be a big deal, uh, but not anymore. I've, I've, I've seen some women I wouldn't want to go out with around. Yeah, <laughs> members of the media, 100th anniversary Indianapolis 500 winner Dan Weldon, Brian Herta Autosport owner Brian Herta, and the team's race strategist Steve Newey will be in the Economaki press conference room within two minutes.
Dan Well, Brian Herta, and Steve Newey in the Kanabaki press conference room on the first floor within two minutes. Should we go to the like, Do you want to go to the press conference? We'll go, but I just have to make a, a small, uh, just a mention of Kanamaki press conference room. Chris Kanamaki is a journalist. He, he's been here at the 500 for, I don't know, centuries. And last time, my, Tom and I were sitting in the, in the media center here. Uh, Chris comes in with his, his helper. The guy comes in and, and has a big case and plops it down on the, on the desk and pulls out a royal typewriter. It's not electric. And Chris Kanamaki goes to work with his two index fingers typing away for his press release. We, we, said, well, we said to his, his, uh, his assistant, well, what do you do with that after he types it out on the typewriter? He retypes it on the computer and sends it out. Uh, I know some advertising guys in Australia. John Singleton is a classic guy. uses the old Remington, won't do anything else like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of them has a key that doesn't work, so he has two typewriters. All right, viewers, let's go down to the press conference. Let's go check it out. Well, the two-minute bell has gone down in the Chris Economaki room and there's no one to be seen other than Fogues and other reprobates from Australia. Nice to see you again. And speaking of reprobates, you're here as well. Plus Serge. Hi. Hello, mate. Hello. <laughs> and Mike, yeah, Mike down there, they're being trouble. Mate, you went go-karting yesterday? Big afternoon, very big. Mike Brutal and I and Serge, we uh, we thrashed it out on the big track and the smaller track, and uh, honours are even. Brutal had the edge on me on the uh, the bigger, slightly faster track, and uh, I was all over him on the uh, twisty, challenging track, the one that the racers like. How were the excuses, uh, Serge? Like you know, because you know, you're not one to make excuses. I know. Just the way the other tractor on the first lap. I went gardening. I found it. Yes, broke the cart. Went gardening it was wonderful. Well, he actually went airborne. He tried to take off. He, the first corner sort of disappeared right over a brow, and Serge didn't quite see the line, and he went straight ahead and took, literally took off, and ended up down a little embankment, didn't you? But no wheel snapped off. No. Unlike our no, race safety, the day before. The safety bar broke. Yes. So I had to do a lap, come back in, so they gave me another car. I'm wrecking carts all over the Midwest. Yeah, he lost a wheel, lost a wheel the other day. No, it was all good. It's a, it's a track, uh, I guess, north, east or northeast of Indianapolis um, at a place called Newcastle. So, Newcastle, but two separate words. And it's, it was set up by an ex IndyCar racer called Mark Dismore. And it's a, they're both, you know, it's a, it's a good complex, and um, and they got good, you know, good carts, you know, professionally maintained and, and in good condition. Cart right and cart wrong. I was in the cart wrong. It seems like every track you go to has got a castle in it. <laughs> no, White Castle is a, is, a, is, a, is a chain of, it's a burger chain. We're at, we're at, we're at, we're at, we're at White Lands. Yeah. It's easy to get confused with these things. Right? It, is, it is for you, yes. I'd like to, I'd like to thank you uh, once again for the enormous hospitality that you uh, uh, offered me to stay after the uh, the huge, the burning Sodom and Gomorrah the situation that we experienced the other night out at Eagle Farm. And um, but uh, then also, conversely, I gave, I gave you a sofa bed for the night. You're very sn- you're without a pillow or a blanket and didn't let me use a razor. The very well, you stole the, mine. The snappiness of all of them. them. Terribly terrible. No way, it'll only, it'll only be Dan Weldon, he can wait. Well, he's been waiting for a while to win this again, hasn't he? <laughs> 
No. And he, he won in 2005. I know that, folks. Yeah. I'm not completely... But his victory then was overshadowed by Danica Patrick's performance. And his victory here may well be overshadowed by J.R. Hildebrand's spectacular throwing away. We've all gone quiet. Does that mean we're about to start? We thought there was going to be an announcement about Weldon coming in for his post-race press you conference. But, uh, and your seat, seat's been stolen too, yeah. I better go and get it back. Seat's been stolen. <sighs> Why can't you, can't you keep my seat for five minutes? You know what, it, and perhaps it's different to what, what you guys were thinking. Um, on the radio with 20 to go, they said, uh, listen, this is the deal. Some people are going to try and make it on fuel. And, uh, you know, you're, you're one, of the, one of the guys that can make it to the end. But you, you've got to go and you've got to make sure that you get everything out of the car that you possibly can. So I said to myself, at that point, I'm going to move the weight jack or every lap to optimize every single corner. Um, adjust the roll bars to, you know, to, to be able to just maximize everything. And um, I didn't have a problem. I was able to catch traffic perfectly without having a lift. And uh, that they... They said that there was one person that was that, that potentially could make it, I believe, and uh, so that made me even more hungry. I started pressing the overtake then that the Honda of uh, you know brought to the series, and uh, on that last lap, I was trying to deal with Beer through turns three and four, and then as I got underneath her, exiting the corner, and the corner of my eye, I saw him uh, hit the fence. So uh, I just uh, carried on by, and you know, as as, as, as Brian says, you got to make it to the bricks with a car that can can go forward with all four wheels. So at that point I knew it was mine and just just extremely happy. I mean this is obviously a very, very special race track to me. Uh, I, I love this racetrack. I love, you know, how the fans energize the speedway. And to, to think that, that I'm a two time winner, I mean Brian, who's been a teammate and, and, a, and a good friend for, for a long time, um, gave me a fantastic opportunity to win this race. I think as everybody uh, will agree, him and him and Steve were very astute to to collaborate with Sam Schmidt, and we can't can't forget those guys, Alex and uh, Townsend, and all the engineering guys and, and mechanics did a phenomenal job. But for everybody that that Brian put together with Steve has worked phenomenally well, and um, they've worked very very hard, very very diligently. They've done everything in their power to give me the fastest race car possible. And I was going to drive that thing like I stole it until uh, I saw the checkered flags, whether I'd been first, second, third, whatever, whatever the position. And just, just proud to do that with uh, William Rast on board, Curb Records, Big Machine Records, Foresight Solutions, and Igo. And obviously, it was emotional for me uh, because of my close relationship with Honda. To, you know, to to win, I almost feel like they're, uh, you know, as big a part of, you know, you know, my program as 
as, as anybody just because they were always very loyal and you know it was emotional for me as well to to, to win for my wife and my family um, I think my contract expires to midnight tonight <laughs> so I, I just I just knew that when I started this race that I, I wanted to do everything in my power to, to deliver a win for you know, not just myself, and I, I didn't feel that we had anything to prove, but for such a great group of people, and you know, you can think that I'm giving you the media cheesy line, but it's it's not like that. The the, the people that form this this team, and uh, the relationships that we've 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 all kind of bonded very quickly, has uh, has been extremely good. And with a Cinderella story, we took on the might of Roger Penske's organization and Chip Ganassi, and uh, you know, we've we've had a very very quick car all month. I don't think I saw a Penske in front of me once in the race, so. That's a testament to, to, to the team. Um, so uh, now when I now when I am on the beach with my wife and, and two kids, we can we can honestly be proud of what we've achieved together, and certainly my family back home. And you know, to to this is obviously a special race because it is the hundredth anniversary, and I'm just honoured to be the winner of this particular race. But I'm I'm also very honoured as well to represent the Alzheimer's Association, and. Um, you know, for everybody out there that, that knows somebody that's diagnosed with Alzheimer's, which is perhaps a lot more than people think, um, hopefully this, this made them smile. And certainly my thoughts and prayers are to everybody out there that, that has that disease and, uh, you know, the families associated with that person, it's, it's, it's truly an honor to represent them. So it's a fantastic day. I, I just love Indianapolis. I really do. I love Indiana. It's been so good to me. It's been so good to my career. But... You know, to, to these guys for, for giving me an opportunity. It's it's tough to tough to beat these big teams, and and uh, you know this this is a Cinderella story. But by the same token, it shouldn't be taken away from from how smart these guys are, who they've associated themselves with. Like I say, Sam has got a fantastic organisation. We work very well together, and 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 the leadership of these two, um, and Alan McDonald. Rob Edwards and Sam Schmidt has, has been uh, a great relationship, so just uh, kind of quiet for me a little bit. I'm talking a lot, but just very, very, very emotional. I'm really glad you finished that answer. This poll's getting off. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, uh, as a former driver, you've been Positive given instructions <laughs> as well. Uh, like uh, Dad looks like he's got something neat there. Congratulations. Told him to uh, get everything he can out of the car. I told you Honda so. loved me. What were your reactions uh, to the last few laps? Well, you know, there was obviously several different strategies being played out there, and uh, <laughs> looks good. And we were, you know, we were on the strategy of, you know, Dario had been going longer than us on the pits all all day long. So, you know, when when we saw him coming in, it kind of made up our mind to stay out because we we knew we couldn't beat him on fuel mileage. So we had to try something different and, and something that. You know, Dan's done such a great job, and, and one of the things he did for us is, is bring an attitude and a belief we could win this race. And, you know, on, on paper, based on, you know, our previous effort and, uh, you know, anything on paper, we really had no business believing we could win it. But Dan believed in us so strongly, he made us believe it too. And I really think over the course of this last two weeks, uh, he made the crew guys believe it. He made uh, a lot of people on the outside believe it because so many, so many people were coming up to us the week of the race saying, you know, we think you're going to win. And it was, it was so uplifting. And it's really his, his spirit that came across the whole team 
and made us believe we had a chance to win this thing. And so when, when these strategies were playing out, I wasn't sure how it was going to work out, but we knew we wanted to give this guy enough fuel to race to the end and, and to just keep it flat. We, we didn't want to save fuel. We wanted to go race those guys, and, and uh, you know, somehow, somehow it all worked out. Steven was an interesting tactical race in many ways, and uh, how much pressure was felt in your pit area that one? Well, there was a lot of pressure in the pit area, a lot of uh, double-checking and rechecking, recalculating our fuel figures, and, uh, you know, the guys were under a lot of pressure, and they made some great decisions, and, uh, you know, Brian's right, uh, putting enough fuel in the car for us to race hard and not have to save fuel, and, uh, you know, there was a, a, a few minutes there where I thought it might not have been the right decision, but... Um, uh, thankfully it was and uh, you know the guys did a great job we had great pit stops all day and for you know a one-off team to, to pull off the pit stops that we did is a real testament to their dedication and their hard work so uh, uh, I'm so proud of the guys and uh, you know Dan's been leading us all month long and um, you know he's a great guy to work with I've been around a long time and uh, Dan's one of the you know, best drivers I've seen around here, so uh, if not the best. Um, and I really enjoyed working with him, and uh, and uh, it's just been a great month. I can't can't say enough about how good it's been. Then yeah, I would just oh sorry, go ahead. They're not telling you how much pressure I put them on the uh, pre-race meeting. They're <laughs> being nice about that, but I did have to remind them that this is my one and only race, and I expected uh, a very very good strategy. So you know, they delivered on they delivered on that. Yeah, I, I just I would be remiss if I didn't also mention, uh, you know, the, the technical partnership we had with Sam Schmidt Motorsports and all their guys, Sam, Alan McDonald, Rob Edwards, Don Oldenburg, all the crew. You know, they they welcomed us, and you know, something that could have been viewed as a distraction by them, they they saw that hey, this is a benefit, and we can really work together. And they were very very open with us and everything. And Alex Tagliani, Townsend Bell, Dan, you know, they, they worked as, as teammates all month long and I think that made that, that absolutely made a difference to our program and we really have a big, big thank you to them as well. Good deal. With his maybe new contract situation he can eat again. We're glad about that. <laughs> We've got Susie on the other end. We're gonna work both sides of the room. I need everybody to be patient. Okay. Thank you. Uh do remember I said that I Breathe your wing after starting breathing. Do you remember that? Yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, please give me a special comment for me. And the uh, other hand, uh, this also, the Japanese indie race is the last one, final one. And uh, would you join that? Well, I, I think I've touched on my relationship with Honda and being the, uh, the first winner there um, as a Honda driver is uh, that's, that's obviously a, a very special memory to me and like, like I've touched on um, I, I joined Andretti Green Racing in, in 2002 and developed helped them develop the, the engine for, for the IndyCar series and just you know fr from that and, and I think you understand that too and, and um, you know proud of you for picking me as the winner <laughs> good job that made you look very smart actually Brian said that we should make a lot of people look smart so go ahead and win the race before it um, but it's um, you know that with, with that relationship I would certainly hope so but you know everything is as you can see I mean we we've been blessed this month to have the support of of William Rast and, and Curb Records Big Machine Records and and, and, I, and I say this but 
Forsyth Solutions and IGO, without them, I wouldn't have been racing at all. So um, I, I certainly understand the, the importance of that. And uh, yeah, I would love to be in Motegi, but, but right now I'm, I'm not sure that I am going to be. But it's a fantastic racetrack. That's, that's one of the most challenging. Um, you know, this, this is obviously very, very difficult. And uh, the double file restarts were, were pretty interesting. Mm. But uh, it, it turned out to be, I think, a phenomenal spectacle, as, as it always is at Indianapolis. Diane, if you could just kind of talk about the last lap for you, that was pretty spectacular for us watching the range of emotions. Perhaps you figured in the end it was going to be second, and then that happened with Jared. And secondly, we're smiling about your contract expiring at midnight, but certainly, what does this do to, to the possibilities and the potential here going forward? Uh, that, that's one for the owners, but <laughs> I had to win because of that conversation we had when I was just landed in St. Pete. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, I kind of forgot what the question was. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know why, right? <laughs> because I was just asking you your emotions on the last lap, and, and the it, way it went down, it was... I, I didn't have any. Um, you know, right, no, right up until the point that, that I passed JR, I, I didn't. I was so, so focused, and... Um, it, it, it was. It was one of those races where it, it was so competitive that you had to you had to be on your game, and the wind seemed to be getting under the front of my car if I if I wasn't on the same line every time at turn three, and I would have to lift. And I was catching beer and didn't want to lift, so I had to position that, and I wasn't focused, you know, on on what was going on in front. And then I had the run on her through turn turn three and four, and pulled out. And then you know, you know when I. When I saw him crash, um, I mean, I, I knew it wasn't serious, and as soon as I knew it was not serious, there was a little smile on my face, I will say, and uh, it was just, you know, from, from that point, just making sure that I didn't do anything silly, and then I just, I think, got on the radio and started crying, which was, uh, I'm not normally that emotional, but, you know, having been through what we've, we've been through and being able to deliver this for, for everybody is, is certainly very gratifying. And uh, just you know, proud of everybody. But in terms of you know what it will do for the future, um, it will make me a happier person on the beach. And then in terms of more races, you have to ask these guys. Uh, Dan, uh, it was mentioned several times during the race by the commentator that you didn't have a full-time IndyCar ride. Uh, in case you hadn't given a chance to drive here, did you have any other possibility in other categories, championship? And a question to the two owners. Obviously, now winning the Indy 500, you have to carry on for the rest of the year. I think you're working on it. Can you give me your idea about your master plan, what you have for the rest of the year? Uh, um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it was one of those off-seasons where I, I did believe that I was going to get a full-time ride and, you know, I had that, I had that confidence, but, you know, come the end of January, the, the things hadn't panned out as I expected. And, um, you know, my management have got me in a position where I can be more selective and I don't have to, to, to drive. Um, you know, I, 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 it was important for me to put myself in a very positive situation. And I think I, when I, I called Brian to ask him about something else. And, uh, you know, we happened to talk about Indianapolis and I mentioned that I had a couple of options, if I believe, and, and asked his advice on that. And at that point, I think he said, would you be interested in perhaps, you know, running for, for me? 
and uh, you know I think Brian went and made a couple of calls and you know I've said to him that you know it's obviously very important for me to, to feature very strongly and and I'm not just saying this because Brian's sitting next to me and I think anybody that knows Brian will say this he is he's a rarity in uh, IndyCar racing he's, he's, he's a man of his word and um, he's provided me a, an opportunity when, when he said that that he would give me a fast race car I never doubted that um, and we pretty much wrapped a contract up uh, soon after the conversation and, and, and started working on this program with, with him and Steve. And uh, you know, I, I, just, I just knew it. Brian said it was going to be a good deal. It, it would be a good deal. And, and like I say, you can, you, can, you can see by the people that him and Steve have been able to put together why, why he is the person he is. I mean, they're, they're a great group of people. Um, it's not really like a partial program, it's like a full-time program with just one race um, because of the talent within the team and that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be underestimated uh, by anybody. It's, it's not like we kind of just scrap this crew together. There, there's some quality individuals there, um, you know, certainly some people that, that I think are the best I've ever worked with and you know, I've, I've got to say as well that the, the engineer that Brian uh, selected to, to, to work for you know, his team has, has done an incredible job. You know, he, 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 it's very difficult. Steve picked him. Oh, Steve picked him, sorry. <laughs> so, credit oh, yeah. to Steve. I take that back, Brian that doesn't get anything. <laughs> but to, to, integrate, to integrate so well with, with another team is, is obviously very important, and they did a great job of that. Up here. Dan, you're obviously ecstatic about winning your second Indianapolis 500, but uh, put yourself in JR's shoes for a second. Um, how much sympathy can you have for the situation you end up being in? Is that something that could have happened to anyone? Yeah, you can here. Yeah. I mean, you, you see, that's what's great about Indianapolis, um, and it's bad if you're, if you're on the receiving end. I, I, I mean, it's happened to me here. In 2006, I dominated the race, and I got a flat tire with about 20 laps to go. Um, and then Chip and I argued for a lap about if it was flat or not, and that cost us more time. Um, which, if anybody knows Chip I'm sh and me, I'm sure you could see that happening. But it's, um, you know, it's it, it's obviously unfortunate, but you know, it's uh, it's it's Indianapolis. It just it just can bite you. Actually, I, I a couple of times uh, on that last 20 laps, I was trying to get through turn two um, quickly. Behind a, behind a couple of cars, and I had a, I had a couple of loose moments, and then I was actually forced really close to the wall by Canaan. Um, so I, you know, you just have hairy moments out there, and it's, it's it's part of it. But you know, that's why this is the greatest spectacle in racing. You just never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Hi, back here. Hi. Um, this has been a month of the little guys, and I was wondering if you had an opinion <coughs> of why this month turned out that way. You've been a big guy. And, uh, and in particular, the underperformance of the Penske's. Well, I mean, when you say a little guy, I, I think, and Brian and Steve could probably correct me on this, but I, I'm sure they're spending a, a lot of money on this race. So, it's, yeah, we, we are a small program, but with the sponsors that we've had, we've been able to put together a, a great program. And I, I can't thank William Rast enough, especially, I mean, not only was a car fast, it was a good looking car. And I have an excuse to wear jeans to the banquet tomorrow. So <laughs> Um, but it's, uh, you know, I, I, somebody asked me this last night, and, and I think the biggest thing is with Indianapolis, the, you know, the partial programs. I mean, well, it, it is a partial program, but again, the talent is there. But what it allows you to do at Indianapolis is you have more track time. So, so you know, the simulation programs that the big teams work on, you know, the fine tuning, 
um, the wind tunnel stuff, the shaker rigs. I mean, that, that's, that's all well and good, but it allows the smaller programs, the track time to be able to, to catch up a little bit. And uh, you know, like I said, I don't think Brian will say, and Steve will say, it's uh, a, a partial program in terms of spending, because I know they didn't partially spend, they were spending like it was going out of fashion. But it's, um, I, think it, I think it's all worth it. But you, I, I think as well that the quality of drivers in some of the partial programs, you look at people like Buddy Rice, you know, Townsend Bell, um, no, it's there's there's a lot of talent. So it's uh, it's it's been an incredible 500. I, I would never have thought coming here that two Andretti Autosport cars would be bumped. And you know, I, I know Michael and think Michael does a phenomenal job. And I guarantee you that won't happen next year. Uh, Dan, uh, in your career, have you ever raced a wrecked car to the finish line before, or seen it happen? <laughs> <coughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. So no, probably not. I wasn't really racing. I mean, it's hard for him to keep up with me when he's got two wheels on his wagon. <laughs> <laughs> um, this question's for, uh, for both of you. Just, um, you guys have been through a lot together, uh, from being teammates on one of the biggest teams in the series to winning uh, the greatest spectacle in racing with a one-off team. Through all of that, how has kind of your, your friendship and your bond kind of evolved and endured through that? And where does this rank uh, in all of those things? Well, Danny Boy? <laughs> Who said we were friends? <laughs> He's sacking me at midnight tonight. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> Dan, uh, when Dan came to Andretti, or actually when I came to Andretti, Dan was already there, but he was the kid who wrote. And, uh, I was actually came in kind of the old guy, the experienced guy, and then we had TK, and then uh, obviously when Dario came back after he'd been hurt, and, and it became kind of the four musketeers, and we, we had a lot of fun together on and off the track, and we had an opportunity to have the four of us cut together for dinner earlier, uh, earlier about a week ago, and literally laughed till our sides hurt, just, just reminiscing about those times, and so, there was a bond that formed between the four of us during those years that that will never change. And it wasn't it wasn't the reason that I brought Dan to the team or asked him to drive for us. It wasn't because he's my buddy. It's because he's flat out the best guy that I think there is around this place. And that's that was the reason why we hired Dan Weldon. And so our friendship is our friendship, and that will never change. But obviously. Uh, you know, this has been another bonding experience, and I think it'll just, you know, serves to bring us, bring us closer someday when we're, you know, we're old guys laying on the beach, we can, uh, we can still talk about this. Yeah. No. I'm sorry. I just want to make this. We just we've got one more question at this. We've been asked to wrap it up, so finishing this one is right there. I apologize for those questions. No, I, I mean, I agree with Brian. He's, 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 he's been a, a great friend, and, and always has been. And when. Uh, you know, he he was the guy that you know. So, with him being my boss now, it's 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 not different because the amount of respect that you know I think Dario, myself, and Tony always had for him. He was um, the unsung hero at Andretti Green. He was doing a lot of development for us and, and and allowing us to you know go win races. When he was allowed to race, normally he kicked our butt. So it was quite nice when they put him back to work again. But it's uh, you know. 
what what I like um, about Brian is is just his you know his honesty, and I think you can see that, that he he has this way of creating a very good atmosphere, which he probably doesn't even know that he does. But it's 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 one of those that's fun to to be in. It's um, you know he he knows when when you have to work, um, but it's. Um, now, it's a pleasure to drive for somebody like these two guys sitting up here because uh, yeah, they do create a good environment, but they're very dedicated to winning. This, you know, the one thing I'll tell you about this guy is, you know, he will not do anything that doesn't or that's not going to be successful. If if it's not going to be successful, he will have no part of it whatsoever, and uh, that's that's a true talent. And I think, like you say, when you look at the people that uh, are working in the organisation, you can see that too. Uh, do you think it'll be difficult to sort of gear down mentally and emotionally on Tuesday, or are you just sort of transition back and be a domestic man of leisure? <laughs> Dude, I'm sure I'm going to be back to changing diapers by uh, tomorrow. <laughs> My wife might let me off tomorrow morning, but by tomorrow afternoon. But it'll be great to, uh, you're the St. Pete twins right there. It'll be great to take uh, another baby walk back there. But, you know, it's... Uh, it's, it's one of those things that's, that's difficult. I, I really do feel that I have the talent to, to be in a full-time seat. Um, I, I, you know, with, with, with all due respect, like, like I like the, this team. Um, I'm fed up with changing teams back and forth now. I, I, I'd like to stay in one place and stay there for you know, the rest of my career. But it's, uh, it, it, it is what it is, and, and I don't want to get frustrated at the things that I can't control. But it'll actually give me more satisfaction when I'm sitting on the beach with my wife, knowing that I've got a second in Indianapolis 500. And you know, people people shouldn't forget what a great job my wife has done because it's 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 very easy for for you guys to just think that it's it's you can come back and, and win, but it's it's not the case. There's there's times where you know you, you do doubt yourself a little bit, and uh, you know through through all of this, she's been. You know, incredibly supportive, and she understands that this is this is all I've ever done. Racing is all I've ever done, and she knows that racing creates the personality in me that, that she loves. So she was desperate to get me back out of the house, and uh, in a race car. So it's, it's good to it's good to deliver for her and um, you know my two boys and and my family back home too. Yeah, congratulations! Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. Yeah, good. Really pleased for you. Paul Ryan's here, so he sent his best.